0: Welcome back to Lighthouse 805 podcast and our second in our Disneyland series, Fantasyland. We hope you enjoy. Nice. The, the whole concept of the Disneyland sermon series is really building happiness. Um, I think a lot of times it's, it's kind of as believers, as Christians, as just human beings, we can have these ups and downs and we can kind of what I was talking about, the, being having misaligned hope. Um, can fall into the happiness factor also. Uh, So really breaking down, building happiness, it's finding happiness is not a destination. It's a journey with Jesus. Last week, we we talked about how everything starts and is filtered through our emotional state, just like Main Street. uh, Whatever we have from God or whatever we're trying to go for, if our emotions are just out of whack, it kind of stops us right there. And so with Disneyland, all the different lands are connected to Main Street. Likewise, all the things we do in life are connected to our emotions. And if our emotions are just all over the place, we're not going to proceed to the next area that God has called us to. I mean, we can get kind of stuck in that. Today, we're looking at Fantasyland. Everyone say Fantasyland. What's everyone just kind of say? What's your favorite ride from Fantasyland? Does anyone have a favorite ride? No favorite rides. Peter Pan. It's all, like all the little kid ones, there's Excalibur, the Dumbo, stuff like that. The little boat that goes through the storybook land. Nice. Um, so the, the idea behind Fantasyland in today's message is too many people live in a fantasyland relationship with Jesus, where it's it's not real, it's kind of like... This, I have this fantasy of what my ideal relationship with Jesus is, this ideal situation, and I don't see it, and I don't achieve it, and it's just I'm living this life that's, that's almost fake, where it's like I see Jesus uh, on Sunday mornings, and I feel him, and I feel good, and I get like uh, goose pumps and whatever, and I just get excited, but then it's like a fantasy land the rest of the week. And so how do we take that concept of, of living in a fantasy relationship with Jesus and shifting it from fantasy to reality. How do we actually do that? Because once that happens, we can start building true happiness. Once we, once we stop imagining what the best relationship with Jesus would be and start living that out, our happiness shifts. It changes. So number one, looking at different rides through fantasy land, Peter Pan and the Lost Sheep. Uh, each each ride. I did a little play on a uh, scripture. Peter Pan and the Lost Sheep. So what prevents us from faithfully trusting God and acting on what he asks from us? What, what's what's really happening here? What's really going on when when God speaks to us and we're like, yeah, that's good God, uh, but I'm good. That's, that's a little, that's a tall order to ask. I don't know if I can actually do that. Um, and We're really sticking in the whole story on Caleb and the spies in in Numbers chapter 14. So if you have a Bible, open up. If not, it'll be on the screen. Numbers 14, 1 through 3 says this. The whole community was in an uproar, wailing all night long. All the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The entire community was in on it. Why didn't we just die in Egypt? It's a great way to start a story, right? or in this wilderness? Why has God brought us out of the desert, brought us to this country to kill us? Our wives and children are about to become plunder. Why don't we just head back to Egypt And right now? Soon they were all saying this with one another, let's pick a new leader, let's head back to Egypt. So the story, the concept is, They've been wandering around in Egypt. They escaped this evil overruler that's enslaved them. Wandered in the desert. Finally came to where they're supposed to go. Saw how rough it is and said, "Let's just go back." Like I know we just spent all these years wandering. I know we saw our relatives die in the desert. But it's better just to go back than actually move forward in what God has called us to do. And like. They're physically embodying what we emotionally go through a lot of the time. God, I know you're asking me to do this. It's really hard. Can I just go back to my comfort zone? Because that's a lot easier than what you're asking me to do. So what's, what's preventing us from faithfully trusting God and acting on what he asks of us? A, just like Peter Pan's ride, unwilling to grow up. These people did not want to mature. They didn't want to grow up. They just wanted to to be stuck at where they were at for the rest of their lives. I don't want to grow up. Be completely lost, just like the lost boys. This, This whole community had been wandering lost in the desert and now are lost in the relationship with God and just want to abandon and avoid and just stay away from what God is asking them to do. It's like the perfect embodiment of Peter Pan, right? They don't want to grow up. They, they're lost. And then see what else do they have going on. Keep similar company. Inside of, inside of the, the show, Peter Pan, the movie, the book, whatever, whichever version you look at, they're all in the same company. They're all alike, and I think that's, that's a huge preventative from us moving forward in life. We have the same people that keep us stuck sometimes, and we don't invite in someone that challenges us because it's like, you know what? If you come into my circle, things are gonna change. It might get weird. I might feel uncomfortable because you're gonna keep pushing me and, and bugging me till I move forward in life. Well, yeah, that's a good thing. And with the Lost Boys, what really shook it all up was when they came back and they found, was it was it Wendy? What's her name? Wendy? Wendy? Yeah, when they found Wendy and then she came back and she was different than everyone else there and things got shooken up. It's when we bring in someone new that's will, not willing to compromise to say, you know what? I see a better thing for your life. Things that prevent us, it, it's from faithfully trusting God. It's the unwilling to grow up. It's being completely lost and, and keeping people that are stuck with us in the same boat. We need people to challenge us at times. So, number two. It's a scary world after all. So, how, how many people love the ride small world? Just wondering. You guys enjoy it? It's a great ride. So, there's... Uh, do you know what the original name of Small World was? Does anyone know? A little trivia fun fact. It's, it's called Children of the World. It was built by a marketing ploy from Pepsi for the World's Fair. And then now it's at Disneyland. So this, this idea, this, this whole concept of the Small World ride, and doing the research, it's, it started off as something completely different, and then came back around. It's really interesting. So Pepsi, being known as uh, no one would ever agree with each other on any ideas, and so it took forever for them to launch any marketing ploy or marketing scheme or whatever it was, uh, any campaign, and that's why eventually Coca-Cola beat them out, was because they were so undecisive. So anyways, with Pepsi, they were so undecisive, they whittled down the years of lead time of building a ride for the World's Fair, down to 11 months till they had to have a ride sitting at the World's Fair. That's it, 11 months left. And so they said, all right, so what are we gonna do? We finally agreed that we're gonna have a ride and it's gonna be be about children and it's gonna be at the World's Fair. So they had no concept, nothing else. They just agreed that they would have it, okay? It took years to get there, now it's set. And they're like, what are we gonna do? So they hired a specialist to say, figure it out. 11 months go and they said there's only one person on this planet that can actually get that done which is walt disney and they're like let's go to walt disney see what he can do and so they got they went to walt disney got him and he's like no problem we'll start today because we have 11 months to build a fully functioning ride that won't hurt people (laughs) so 300 animatronic puppets later and a never-ending song that's on loop, which is now recorded as the most publicly played song in the existence of the planet, Small World, because it's on loop all the time. And now, he built it 11 months later, and they came across a bunch of different things why the ride wouldn't work, right? And he's like, no, let's figure it out. So he brought in another company and said, this doesn't exist yet. I need these boats to be traveling and moving with no mechanics, We have 11 months to build this. We just need water, and it needs to push these boats. And they're like, that that, that technology doesn't exist. And he's like, invent it, please. So two new technologies later and two new patents later, they had this ride fully functioning at the World's Fair. It's really interesting. How many obstacles do we have where we just shut down and we're just like, you know what? This is too hard for me. And when it came to Walt Disney, the only person credited to been, have been able to build a ride from scratch with technology that didn't exist, 300 robots moving, at a time when robots—I mean—we don't have the technology we have today, you know. And it, it kind of blows my mind. What if we had that same kind of like entrepreneurialship with our relationship with God? How do we? How do we overcome our fears? How do we follow Jesus? How do we move forward? How do we move from a fantasy land relationship with Jesus to a real faith-filled relationship? Something that's just not imaginary and fake, but it's actually genuine. How do we move forward in that? Numbers 13, 27 through 29, going back to the story with Caleb and, and this just group of whiners. We went to the land to which you sent us, and oh, it does flow with milk and honey. Just look at this fruit. They brought back these giant pomegranates and all this, all these other things. I want to encourage you to read the rest of the story, but we're cutting it down for time's sake. The only thing is that the people who live there are fierce. Their cities are huge and well fortified. Worse yet, we saw descendants of the giant Anak. Amim, Amimileks are spread out over Negev. Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites hold the hill country and the Canaanites are established on the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan. So pausing it right here, we'll jump back into it. I love how they start off with saying, it's the best we've ever seen, right? Everything that God promised us is there. Milk, honey, look at this fruit. He, even, he didn't even mention this. But now let's, let's give the laundry list of why we can't do this. Here's why we can't. And God said, no, you only needed one reason, which is me. And they just say, oh, we can't do this. We can't do this. There's people sitting on the hill. Like, why? why even bring that? up? Like, it's weird. So then enters Caleb, verse 30. Caleb interrupted, called for silence before Moses and said, let's go up and take the land now. We can do it. I love this because in, in the midst of this uproar of the majority of people saying, no, we can't do it. We can't do it. One person says, yeah, we can. If we all get together, if we all just join forces, we got this. God is on our side. We can do this. But it has to be right now. And I love it because it's, it's that, it's like that heart that Walt Disney had I can do this, I can build this ride, but I got to start today. And he actually did it. So how do we, we have the reasons why we don't. So this point, how do we, how do we change those? How do we change the things around that are stopping us? How do we, how do we actually convert over to saying, you know what? I'm going to be like Caleb and not like the rest of the majority. A, interrupt the opposition. Verse 30 says, Caleb interrupted. Caleb stopped it. He he just jumped up. He just started talking. He filibusted this entire community. What's opposing your faith? The only reason Caleb was able to interrupt was because he was able to identify what was standing in front of him. And for us, what's opposing you from growing your faith? Is it other people? Is it fear? Is it laziness? I mean, what, what's happening? Because we need to identify it in order to interrupt it. I, th- I was thinking about the uh, the song. Does anyone know does anyone have the song memorized? It's a small world after all? No, okay. That's it. That's the whole line. <laughs> Everyone got really quiet. they're like, hey, I know it's a trick question. <laughs> I think it's funny because it's this idea of the song. Once you get in there, you don't really talk. You don't really do anything else. It's the song on repeat that you're just entranced by. You're just looking around and you, no one else, you don't have a conversation. And it's just on loop over and over and over. And, and this illustrative concept is really what our prayers and worship are against the enemy. You just start repeating, well, I don't, I don't know how to pray. You just keep saying the same thing over and over. Small world doesn't have many lines to it. You can just start proclaiming, God, I believe that you're in charge. God, I believe that you're going to come forward. You know, those are the things that interrupt the opposition. It's having those prayers, having that praise. Another thing, B, timing. Caleb interrupted, called for silence before Moses and said, let's go up and take the land now our timing is critical we have to have timing if have you ever had a dream that you're like no one else is doing this here's my dream I want to do this it sounds like great and then fast forward 10 years someone else does it and you're like oh I had that dream yeah you did and you missed it God had that on your heart and you're supposed to do it right there that's your that's it the time is now don't waste any more time. Don't say, you know what, God, we'll get to it next year. We'll do this. We'll, we'll take care of this. It, it's a timing thing. Sometimes the difference between quitting and succeeding is the time you do it. It's right now. And C, know the scale. Know the scale. Know what you're against is small and who is with you is big. That's that's really what it comes down to. Like the the emphasis of the song. It is a small world. Everything that we go against is small. And how big is God compared to it? So we have what's holding us back, what's, what's keeping us in this fantasy land relationship with Jesus, how do we break out of it, and then what happens when we break out of it? That's, that's the last point. Number three, the castle of God is at hand. For me, one of my, my absolute favorite parts of Fantasyland at Disneyland is it's the castle. Like, if you type in photos and Disneyland, like, all of the photos are of the castle. You know, there's a few other ones sprinkled in, but it's mostly the castle. You know, and you always have—if you, if you, like, walk uh, right around the, the Walt Disney statue and you stand there— and you start looking up at the castle, you'll just see herds of people all trying to take their one magical photo at the exact same time, but it's not really a magical, because it's just all people taking photos. And it's like, it's so ridiculous. Like, okay, sorry. Uh, I was watching, um, I think it was like Ellen or something, and it had this couple on, and they they both shared a photo from <laughs> Disneyland together. And they were, they were married, and they were like, oh, we didn't realize you know, later on in life, they've been married for years, and they were taking out old boxes with photos, and they had taken out a photo, and the, the wife was like, oh, I remember when my dad and I, and, he, and the husband's like, that's my photo. She's like, no, this is my photo, and they realized they they didn't know each other, but they were in the same photo at the exact same time all those years ago. Is that crazy? I don't know. It's just a side story. It really is a small world after all, but the castle is is one of my favorite parts of Disneyland. It's where everything happens. It's, it's, you can walk up inside of it and go through all the like the you know the different shows and see all that kind of stuff. And, and you can look at the fireworks and you can go to the heritage shop and you can learn about your ancestry name. There's a lot of things that people, you know, I don't know if you've ever done that. There's a lot of weird things at Disneyland. Uh, I was talking to one of the developers who worked on the castle part. He, he had also worked at one of the churches in Anaheim. And he said that after so many feet, the infrastructure of, of the castle becomes styrofoam because they figured that people won't be able to jump that high and touch inside. Is that, is that interesting? It's like, it looks like brick, right? It's like, oh yeah, it's really solid. And at one point, just it's styrofoam. Craziness. And everyone's like, what? I'm gonna bring a ladder. <laughs> the castle of God is a hand. Numbers fourteen twenty four says this, but my servant Caleb, this is a different story. Uh, verse 23, God is angry at everyone. He's like, none of you are going to make in the promised land. You're all going to die. Your ancestors will come in. And then he's like, but Caleb, I got a different ending for you. He has a different spirit. He follows me passionately. I'll bring him into the land that he scouted and his children will inherit it. There's a difference in people going on around the outskirts here. And when, we, when God sees us to say yes, like, I'm going to have a relationship with you. I'm pursuing you, and I'm going to be vocal about it, and this is who I am. God's like, yes. God loves that. Hey, fireworks. Fireworks. That's, that's one of the best things about, about Disneyland. There was one time we had a, uh, a hotel. It was, like, it was like not the Disneyland Hotel, but it was like maybe like a few down <laughs> so you could still see the fireworks. It's just, it's, it's magical. It's so cool seeing fireworks at Disneyland. Do you remember that one time we, we got some great seats, we thought, inside of Disneyland by the castle? And we're like, no one's sitting here? This is great. And we sat down. We're all like, this is fantastic. And the fireworks start, and we realized why no one was sitting there that's where the fireworks shot out. (laughs) And we're like, oh my gosh, this is the worst (laughs) seat. But fireworks, it's the concept, when we move from fantasy to faith, it causes God to celebrate. That's that's his excitement. When we move into a genuine relationship with God and we're saying, God, I'm, I'm following you fully. I'm gonna worship you through thick and thin. That's his celebration. Be parade- God will challenge us to demonstrate and teach our faith to others who are still living a fantasy relationship with Jesus. It's this this idea that the parade, have you ever seen it? I like the older one. I like the the light parade without, do you know what I'm talking about? The blinky lights and like that one snail that just spins really fast. What's oh, a piece, is that, that was Pete's dragon? No, no. It's dragon I'll live oh, it's, okay. That's even know. The parade, it's the concept of the parade is when we, when we start moving into genuine, genuineness with God, he puts us on parade in front of others to inspire and say, come alongside, step out of your comfort zone, get off your seat, and let's move forward into relationship with Jesus. And then the last one, C, family heritage. There's this tiny shop I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's right, you go through the castle, uh, through Main Street Castle, and it's the first door after you exit the castle. There's this like old door, you open it, and you can go inside, and it has every single last name, and you can look up your crest, your ancestry, your history, everything, and then they can mail it, they can prep it, and they can, you can pay for action, they can do a deep dive on your, on your ancestry. Most of you will miss it, because the rides start right after that, but it's, it's the Wildest thing, and one of the things when when we take our our faith from just fantasy land to reality. I love what God says about Caleb. I'll bring him into the land that he scouted, and his children will inherit it. Uh, I know that you know not all of us have children. I know, okay. But what thing that God does have us do, if. We have children and we have spiritual children. It's people that we're raising up and we provide an inheritance for. When you leave this planet, you will leave stuff behind and you will leave stuff for someone. It's usually your children or your spiritual children or people that you pick who are closest to you. God says right here one of the greatest things that Caleb left behind was his inheritance. Your inheritance that you leave behind, it's not just a matter of money, but it's your relationship with God. It's one of the greatest things you can ever give your children. One of the greatest things you can ever give to your closest relatives and friends is your faith and your relationship. Are you passing it off as an inheritance or not? Let's pray. Lord, there's just something special about having a genuine faith relationship with you. We start seeing magical things happen, just phenomenal things, that, that, these miracles, signs, and wonders. But not only that, you start building up our happiness, God. I pray that we'd press in to have a genuine relationship with you, more so than ever before. And that we would start seeing you move more and more. And then we continue on where we could pass that relationship to others. In your mighty name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this episode of our Disneyland Park series, Fantasyland. For other episodes, opportunities to give, or find out what we're all about, visit us at www.lighthouse805.com. See you next time.